Ralph Stetler, and I'd like to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you uh, for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you spending your time here. Uh, I have a really uh, great guest today, actually somebody that I've known for a really, really long time, and uh, so I was really excited to have him on. I've known... um, this guy for like 30 years, probably even longer than that, because I don't realize, you know, actually how old that I am. But um, who I have on the podcast today is a guy by the name of Shaman Nar, and uh, he's a shaman. He's also a Christian, and I met him probably in like 88 1989 somewhere in that time frame out in Los Angeles, California. And uh, we became friends pretty quickly and I always enjoyed Nar's compassion, his heart, um the way that he really loved people. Now what was interesting and I don't know if Nar remembers this that didn't come up in the conversation, but I had just moved away from home. So imagine I graduated in 1987 um, from uh, a high school in Southern Illinois. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. I was there from 87 to 88 to 89, then moved to Los Angeles, California, and was there from 89 to 90, came back in like 91, 92. So I was out there for a couple of years. And somewhere in that time frame is when I met NAR. But anyway, I was fresh off the farm, as they say, you know, missing mom, missing home. And uh, I had told NAR about this. And so one day I show up at church. Uh, we went to the same church. And uh, NAR had brought dozens of, uh, <laughs> of, of fresh baked cookies that he had made. And they were, they were fantastic. So, um, you know, he was doing his best to really be just a great, great individual. So we became friends uh, pretty early on. And then, of course, you know, as time goes by, you lose you lose contact a little bit. But I, I think that NAR and I never fully lost contact, maybe for a few years. But uh, we always kind of remained friends. And then at some point within his faith journey, he discovered um, shamanism. And it became a very deep part of who he was while he still retained you know, his Christian faith, really. And um, so he's got this really great experience. And and um, we've been wanting to have a conversation for quite some time, and things just haven't worked out. But we, uh, we were able to have a conversation just in the past few days. And honestly, it was really a wonderful conversation. He has so many great things to say about following your spirit, about following your heart. And so I think you're really going to love the conversation. Now, before we jump into that, a couple of quick things. If you want to know more about, if you listen to the podcast and you just love this guy, which I think you will, uh, if you'd like to know more about Shaman Nar, the best way to do that is shamannar.com. 
So that's S-H-A-M-A-N-N-A-R.com. That's really the best way to find him. He has his own podcast. And then, of course, he's on like Instagram, Sharman. Uh, Shaman Nar on Instagram and then he's on Facebook as well uh, under the moniker of Pastor Nar. So there's lots of ways to really connect with him, but I would encourage you to go to shamannar.com. Now towards the end of the conversation, you're going to hear him talk about a um, teaching that is going to be released through a publisher called Everyday Shamanism. Uh, and you'll hear a little bit about that. It's really at the very end of the podcast, but it sounds like a a really incredible program. And so I'm really excited about that. It's not out yet, but as soon as it is, you can find out about that uh, here on this podcast. I'll be happy to let you know that it's released and available. But he talks a little bit about some of the things that are going to be involved within that experience. And... Um, you know, Nar and I, uh, as I just mentioned, we've been friends for a very, very long time. I've always loved his heart. I've always loved his compassion. And I think that you're going to see that really shine through, uh, resonate, glow even in the conversation that he and I have. What's interesting to me is there are so many people who believe in Christ, you know, Savior, um, um, a, a, a divinity, part of the Trinity. They believe in Jesus, and yet they have discovered this magical life that um, resonates deep within them, really is a part of who they are, the, the, their created self. And I really love finding those kinds of people because they resonate so deeply within me. You know that that's something that I really identify with. Um, I haven't completely taken on the label Christian witch, but I think in reality, that's really what I am. Uh, so as you listen to Nar, Shaman Nar, talk about magic, talk about uh, our connection to the earth, talking even about our connection to God, and some of the ways that those things have been diluted through the past, I, I hope that somewhere within you, there's a resonance Um a connection to a really deeper, divinely created part of who you are. And instead of running from that divinely created essence, you um, you begin to find a way to make peace and even acceptance with it. And I think NAR does a, such a good job of discussing that. So anyway, man, I've talked way too long in this intro. I think you're really going to love this podcast. And uh, and I think you're really going to love what uh, Shaman Nar has to say. Once again, man, thanks for hanging out with me. Deeply appreciate it. I'll catch you on the other side. Of All right, guys, this is Craig Hostetler. And uh, thanks for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. I have a very good friend, somebody that uh, I've been friends with really for a, a, a very long time, and um, I just want to welcome you to the podcast, Shaman Nar. How are you, man? Hey, Craig. I am great. How are you? 
I'm doing really well, man. I, um, I really appreciate you hanging out with me here and having this conversation. So thanks for being on. Absolutely. So now, when you say a long time, a really long time, how long do you think it's been? Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, 30 years? At least. Um, it had to have been sometime in the, ooh, was it late 80s or early 90s? Probably probably late 80s, probably 88, okay. 89, somewhere in there. Okay, cool. That's a long time ago. <laughs> We're getting old. <laughs> I know. I never thought I'd be in the place where I could say that I did something 30 years ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I guess that's, uh, I guess that's the way, I guess that's the way it goes. So yeah, you and I go all the way back to, we met in California mm-hmm. and we were both going to a church out there and, uh, we became friends ba- way back then and we've both gone through a lot of transitions. So that's probably a good place to start. We, um, I know the setting that we were in wasn't necessarily evangelical but in a lot of ways it kind of was certainly by today's standards anyway yeah so now you call yourself uh, a shaman or you actually not just you but you've been recognized as one that's a that's a long journey from there to here (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about some of the changes that you went through and what prompted that ah You know, a lot of people ask me, how did I go from being in a Christian pastor, I was going to say evangelical, um, to being a shaman? And I honestly wish I had one of those amazing, exciting testimonies of radical change and, and things like that. But it is something that, it is a path that... I just, I didn't choose, Um, you might say it chose me, Uh, I've always been a mystical person, Mm -hmm. even though I've been part of the uh, evangelical church for, for so many decades, even there, I was more of a mystic, and Something interesting I found is so many people. I was also uh, Pentecostal, yeah, uh, prior to uh, the church that we were part of, and I've been discovering that so many people that have been part of the Pentecostal or charismatic streams within Christianity are finding themselves in more expansive spiritualities more earth-based spiritualities and that's what that's where i find myself you know honestly i think uh my pentecostal experience was a wonderful training ground for my work as a shaman yeah um that's interesting because actually they a lot of um a lot of magical practices um actually have a little bit of regard for the Pentecostal experience because of the, you know, the, the different states that they put themselves in, um, 
you know altered states of consciousness. It, it yep. really is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So we can use those words. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We can do whatever we want in our. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but it, but that really is the truth, and and I think that a lot of the Pentecostal experience does lend itself to a lot of the uh, magical workings of, of other practices. And I know a lot of people think, wow, this is, we're really speeding into some, some uncharted territory, but a shaman by all intents and purposes, um, you're involved in, in magical practices for lack of a better word. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, what is a shaman basically? Traditionally, uh, what we're experiencing here in uh, Western society, I guess I would have to call neo-shamanism or modern shamanism. Okay. Uh, we do have indigenous shamans who enjoy a long, uh, connected line with uh, their ancestors. Mm-hmm. And many, you know, we find these in uh, multiple indigenous tribes. Now, most of us in Western culture do not enjoy that that direct line to the ancestors, because if if you want to if you want to really look at it, uh, shamanism is one of the, if not the earliest spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. It developed during a period of time that cultural anthropologists would call animism. And so we can take shamanism easily back 40,000 years. And I see it as the root, the roots of all of our major traditions. I don't know if that, I don't know if I went off with that to your question. No, I think that does bleed into, I mean, most, most of the traditions do recognize shamanism, I think as probably the, at least the springboard or or the original. I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 Now, was your question, what do shamans do? Yeah. Honestly. Okay. Well, or, or what a shaman is. So a modern shaman. And I believe if you uh, look at our indigenous uh, family, they are people that are connected with the spirits or the spirits. They are people that are pretty much um, called to be mediators between the spirit world and the, the physical world. So they engage with spirit in so many of spirit's facets, whether that be animal spirits, the earth, uh, the elements, fire, water, air, earth. Um, so we, what we do is we go into that realm of spirit and usually through some type of state of trance or um, what do we call it? Um, non-ordinary reality. Um, that can happen through drumming. That can happen through chanting. Uh, we just put ourselves in a mode that is shifted just slightly so that we can age both with the spirit realm and the material realm. 
and then we bring back what we need for our community, whether that is understanding or knowledge or healing. Those are the, that's kind of the basic role for a shaman. So there's a couple of things that I'm interested in. Um, You were Pentecostal. Um, You were then a little bit more, I guess, mainstream evangelical. I mean, the church we were in was fairly progressive, but it was still very, very rooted in evangelical ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's what I guess what I'm interested in. And and this might be a little bit unfair uh, because I'm 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 exposing your inner secrets here. But was it <laughs> was it a little intimidating to um, reveal these shaman tendencies? I mean, let's because. Uh, people, okay, but no, this is wonderful. I'm I so mean, glad you asked because it's something I haven't thought about for a while. Well, you, because you you were known by a lot of people as a, um, I, I would say, a, a traditional Christian. Maybe not in the maybe not in the sense of suit and tie, but still you believed the tri- the traditional doctrines and followed those, and a lot of people knew who you were. So to to come out of in the in the witch world they call it coming out of the broom closet, but <laughs> I, I guess I came out of the cave. Yeah, yes, yes. To come out of the cave was that an intimidating process? Yes, yes. Um, th- this is funny, Craig. Um, like I, s- I have a huge smile on my face because I find it so humorous now. It wasn't at the time, but. Uh, <laughs> It, it seemed as I was progressing on my path of shamanism, those who knew me well, knew me best, they knew what I was up to. Um, the vast majority, you know, knew me as Pastor Nar, mm-hmm. and they had their con- preconceived notions of what that was. And you're right, uh, many decades of service within the Christian community. Um, but there, there, like I said, there came a, a point on my path in shamanism that I was keeping a secret account on Instagram. <laughs> that was more shamanism, uh-huh. and uh, <clears throat> and I was keeping Pastor Nar on Facebook as just me, you know, not all of me, but me. Then uh, one day. I, I had posted something on Instagram, and somehow my password account uh, was linked to it. Didn't realize that. So I think it was an image of either oracle cards, or it was probably an altar image of a ceremony I had uh, just done. And then, you know, I posted it, and going on my way, I get a text from a girl, and she goes, Nar did you mean to out yourself as a shaman? <laughs> and, and, and this, guy, this young lady is a uh, former evangelical witch at this point. And I'm like, I, get, I had a shot of panic. And I'm like, shit, let me go see. <laughs> and sure enough, there it was. And I'm like, okay, I'm faced. I'm, I've come to a crossroads here. Um, do I need this? What do I do? I'm like, no, let it let it go. 
you know, where I was kind of, I guess, timid in in um, bringing that to a broader community, uh, spirit orchestrated to where it happened. And yeah, I got a lot of Facebook flack for it. Like, what the heck is this? You know, different things from mostly very old, um, old friends um, are for community. Uh, but after that, I'm like, no, you know, this is me. This is my path. People that know me, they know me. Uh, those that can't handle it, that's okay too. But this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And then that started opening up avenues of uh, expression and service that I totally love. Wow. So, But it was scary. And, and honestly, I did grieve. Um, I grieved the loss of former connections but then i realized you know these people that are coming up and uh, criticizing or judging or whatever they haven't contacted me in years until this so i and honestly i i lost nothing mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah so what's interesting here is um the undercurrent you you were playing with shamanism. You it was a it was an inner calling, for lack of a of a better word. Um, so I, I know already. I have some I have some personal insight into this story. But let's talk about before everybody knew. Um, did you ever have the inkling to go into you know these crystal new age type stores did did that ever occur <laughs> i'm setting you up I, man yeah you are <laughs> uh, i have always felt a draw uh even when i was uh very very much uh traditional christian i've always had this draw to to such things um i there was a uh, a bookstore. I believe it's back. Uh, I believe it's uh, still functioning. They stopped for a while, but it was called the Bodhi Tree. Okay. Uh, down in Los Angeles, and you know, on a weekend, on a Saturday before church on Sunday, I would uh, slip off to the Bodhi Tree and hope no one would recognize me for being such an, uh, an evil place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there, I would, uh, I think my, uh, the thing that drew me most were uh, guided meditations that they would, oh gosh, this dates me, they had on cassette. Um, and so I would, you know, every month or so I get a new guided meditation and, and practice that. And little, little did anybody know that all the things that I did at that church were often created uh, listening to those guided meditations. So <laughs> it goes back a while. So it's interesting because, see, for me, um, all of my life, and I mean from from very, very young, um, I've always had this really strong connection with nature. Um, yeah. And by strong, I mean um, sensing, in, in some cases, the personality of, of a tree or you know, a bush or something like that. I mean, 
giving it a little bit more animation than perhaps somebody who is just walking by. And it's always been a real strong draw. I can feel the energy. Um, and of course, then when you're a Christian in, in that evangelical setting, you're asked to suppress that. Mm-hmm. But that, that shamanism or, or, or witchiness or whatever, you know, each individual labels it, um, it really is a kind of a deep part of who you are. And to deny that, you're really denying something that you were kind of created to be. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, one of the the things that I always struggled with within um, our former spiritual practice was its disconnection with the earth. Mm-hmm. And what uh, shamanism offers is like an embodied experience of connection to everything, you know, and so whether it be shamanism, witchcraft, uh, what, whatever you want to, however you want to label it, what these are offering is a reconnection or a restore, better, a restored connection to all of creation. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting was I started studying um, Wicca and that's how that's how my kind of part of my journey started. And um, there was a large, not all of it, but there was a large part of it that I really, really identified with. And then there were a lot of the practices that they do that I just was inherently doing. Did you find that true mm-hmm. to be? That's exactly, that's exactly my path. Um, my, like, Calling myself a shaman, I did not do that. My community did, mm-hmm. and those who knew me well did. Uh, it's just like uh, calling ourselves pastors. You know, honestly, I don't think we have that right. Um, that is something that our community has the right to deem us. Uh, but a specific friend, I, I told him, you know, I was doing the ceremony. And I've never done this before, and it really felt right. And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's that's um, that's candle magic." And I, I found myself doing so many things that shamans and other earth-based practitioners do, and I finally, finally surrendered to it. I didn't choose to be it; I surrendered to it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the perfect way to say it. And I think a lot of people don't understand maybe, um, or, or it's been labeled evil and you know, all the, all the misnomers really that's been given. And really, if you go back in history, you find out that magical practices were a large part of almost every community, including the Christian community. Oh yeah, of course they were. Yeah. So, and then somewhere along the line, you know, somebody, was intimidated or didn't like it and they begin to demonize it. And so here we are today, um, sometimes against things that we really don't have enough information to form an opinion on. Yeah. And to help us form that opinion, I found that the best way to do that is to get to know those type of people. Okay. Who to become friends, to spend time with, 
just to see what they're like. You know, in our old apologetic phase within Christianity, you know, we, we used a book and, you know, tried to uh, force people to see how this was our, at least our opinion of this book was correct. Mm-hmm. But I, I come to realize that arguing theology doesn't change anybody. I think relationship actually changes our theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, theology is an interesting word, really, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I've found out, and, and it really is true, that uh, Christianity hasn't always been a religion of absolutes. Um, right. There's a lot of mystery traditions found within the Christian uh, compendium, and um, theology wasn't what we've turned it into. I mean, what it is today, and and you you I think will agree, what theology is today is just a whole list of absolutes. This is absolutely how God is, and I think that's a huge huge error. I would agree. Yeah, and what is theology? Isn't theology just the study of God? Oh, originally, probably. <laughs> originally, originally. Yeah. And yeah, we're we're studying. We're we're doing our best to interact with, engage with, and study this mystery that no one will ever be able to comprehend. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I I think it's I think it's good if we put ourselves just in the as like in the seat of a learner and understand that no we don't know it all mm-hmm. but we get to explore we get to experience and there's no way to be dogmatic if if we uh sit at the feet as they used to say yeah so you know in your exploration process i mean so for me um i don't know what i would label myself as right now but um when I begin to kind of branch out into witchcraft and and magic, um, I got I got to tell you, in the beginning there was it was a little bit intimidating, and I think a lot of that probably comes from the fear based um, dogma that you know I'd been taught since a kid. Um, mm-hmm. Did did you have to deal with any of that, or was that a? No, I did. I did. Um, I remember because I'm. A... My personality type is one that I like to be right, not as a sense of pride, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a good boy if I'm right. I'm a good boy if I do things right. You know, that's a, a, a deep-seated uh, personality characteristic. So, you know, I don't want to be wrong. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep in this narrow margin to where I'm safe. Um in my in my journey in shamanism that same girl that uh asked me if i outed myself intentionally mm-hmm. she had sent me a deck of oracle cards they were uh i think they were a druid animal oracle deck and when i received them i absolutely loved them and i felt a draw to them and i was also scared i'm like ooh I was taught that, you know, demons control these things. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, we do we do have to face those old beliefs and those old teachings. And then we have to decide if we want to believe them or not. Um, so between utilizing Oracle decks, doing all these other shamanic things, it was there there was a bit of discomfort. You know, because we, we were taught, you know, you got to be right or you're going to go to hell. Yeah. You're going to lose your soul. You're going to burn forever in the lake of fire. Yep. And those are powerful, powerful beliefs. Those are powerful images that unfortunately we carry with us. Um, I honestly, Craig, I came to a point where I'm like, okay, God, I, you know me, you know my heart. I've been taught this is not the correct path, but I'm finding life in this path. So if I, I, I'm just going to follow my path. And if you have to throw me into hell, then I guess that's just the way it is. And that was one way of, of working on that old belief. You know, it, can I tell a quick little story? Sure, man. Um, in my early days, <laughs> earlier days, I went out to Columbus for um, a certain uh, a meeting that was going to be happening one night. And uh, I got there really early in the day, and I'd asked a friend who used to live there, hey, can you can you find me? This is like pre-Ways and a lot of Google and all google maps and all that can you find me a uh, an occult bookstore <laughs> he's like what this is this is also a former pastor i called and i'm like yeah i i i want to i want to go to a metaphysical bookstore he's like okay so we eventually found one and so i walked in and they i saw they had like one of those sandwich boards outside that a cer- certain uh a medium or reader was was going to be there, and I just like laughed it off, and I chuckled literally. And I went in to find a crystal or something, maybe, and couldn't find anything I wanted. So I started to leave. the The medium, I guess I'll call her that. Uh, she left what she was doing and came and got me and said, "Excuse me," and I stopped, and she goes. You didn't come in for a reading, did you? Like, no. <laughs> she goes, but can I tell you what they're saying? And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I can't, exp- the closest I can explain the feeling sensation was at a Pentecostal altar where the Holy Ghost was really moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, Sure. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, you're a healer, right? And I'm like, "Eh, okay, kind of. And she tilted her head and she listened to something or someone and she goes, okay, they say that you kind of agree to it, but you're not fully convinced. And I'm like, I felt on the spot. Um, I... I had a few more interactions and 
I left the building and I was not overwhelmed, but in that space where, oh my God, what's going on? And I stopped, I looked up to the sky and I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you have to say about this? I know what I've been taught about this. And the only answer I got back was, are you listening? Mm. And that was a that was a point that helped propel and also propel my path and also lay aside a lot of that anxiety and that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now I just honestly I just I I just live in it. You know, it's it's very expansive. Um yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just doing me. Do you ever find the old uh, fears um do they ever revisit? Only at this point and this has been, you know, quite a number of years. Um <laughs> Only minutely. Yeah. And then, you know, what do you do with fear? You know, oftentimes we just, we, we avoid it, we deny it, we get freaked out by it and, and go the other way. Uh, I've been learning to, like, lean into the fear and mm. to listen to it and sit with it and see what it has to tell me. So in, in this case, when those little, little fears come up, like perhaps I'm wrong or at, like an old, old friend told me I'm leading people, leading people astray, um, I sit with it and I feel it. And then I'm like, okay, you know, I hear you. I understand that I'm, I'm working with different information now. And I really appreciate, you know, because fear tries to protect us. That's all it does. Mm-hmm. You know, so I appreciate this. I'll take it under consideration, but I'm good. Yeah. That's kind of how I deal with it now. I, I don't avoid it. And it, and honestly, those fears, they bare, rarely ever pop their heads anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, you know, one of the things I... I think is kind of important you know for at least for me is um as i continue to expand and and venture out and really follow the you know the leading of my of my soul um is there seems to be a disconnect within a lot of the thoughts about god because god is able to i mean i'll I'll say from a from a uh, do I want to call out a group of people? That's the question. Uh, <laughs> so there are some who would say every hurricane, every tornado, every cancer, you know, all of that is written in place by God. Okay. But that same God that orchestrates all of those things isn't able to keep an individual from straying from the path it seems like it doesn't add up, you know? And, and and so for me, one of the things I've learned is, um, you know, if I'm going to believe in God, then I need to believe that he's capable of saying, whoa, 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 you can't go here. 
You know what I'm saying? If, if I'm going to believe in him, then I, if I'm going to believe in hell, then, which I don't, but you know, if you're going to believe in the fear side of it, then you, you, you should believe in the faith side of it as well. True. Yeah. True. But I think there's a disconnect because we tend to focus on, I mean, one of the interesting things about for, in my case, witchcraft, um, or magic, once you demystify it, you know, like you jump into it, you go, oh, you know what? This isn't as scary as, as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, and, and with me working with all the different spirits, um, now when I say work, working with, I don't mean using them. Um, I mean, gaining relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a relationship with water. I have a relationship with earth and air and fire and this tree that's right in front of me. Um, you know, it, to me, I see all of these, I'm pretty much, if you want to theologically classify me, I would be pen and mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just, um, I do sense a greater power, um, a Brahman, if you would, that um, is more than all we see and experience. But yeah, just working with the spirits, um, engaging with them, especially my animal spirits. <laughs> um, I don't know why I went off on that tangent, Craig. <laughs> no, I, I mean... Well, we we were talking about just demystifying the whole magic thing. Demystifying, yeah, yeah. It's see the the earliest understandings of being and existence, which we could classify animism. Uh, it was just a lived experience. It wasn't a a mental construct. Mm-hmm. It was something that they engaged with every day. It was normal. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, so many religions have 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 become something that is in the head and not in the body. Yeah. It's something to think about, to rationalize, to theorize. No, 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 no. And that's why I think, honestly, we we have a renaissance of so many of the Earth-based traditions where we're going back to how we naturally existed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, so that, you know, there's nothing uh, mysterious. I, I don't want to use the word mystical, but it's the best one I have right now. There's nothing um, mystical you know, in a in a hyper usage of that word, about talking with a tree, of feeling that tree talk to you. You know, it's something that's normal to me now, so it's not mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I I like what you're saying there because um, we don't always have to have our for for lack of a better word we're going to use it because we've been using it but we don't always have to have our theology in together you know like i don't you don't need to explain to me all the finer points of 
communing with a tree. Mm-hmm. You just allow it. <laughs> yes. Right. You just. It, I. I. I don't know why I feel so connected to this, to this tree, or or to the moon, or to, you know, mm. whatever it is. It doesn't matter. A, a, a crystal or, a, a you know, a bush, anything. I don't know why I feel an, a connection with this, but I do, and I'm going to sit with it for whatever reason I need to sit with it. You know, we don't have to theologize that. I think much of what you're saying is really true. Um, the divine should be an experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, this goes along with what you said, um, Nako, Nako Bear. Uh, there's a phrase in one of his songs, uh, I think it says, uh, making up answers to the mystery of nature. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's all we've been doing for how many thousands of years? Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I think that the, you know, the, there is a huge, um, renaissance, as you said, of people getting back to earth-based, um, practices anyway. And I think that a lot of that is because there's a lot of people with very inherent, um, leanings, you know, I mean, we are, we're earth-based ourselves, at least a portion of us, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I think when we deny those things, you know, I had a friend of mine, um, I had, a um, Valerie Love, who, um, is a Christian witch, I had her on a few weeks ago, and a friend of mine said, um, so what are you, a, are you a Christian witch now? And I said, well, you know, I don't know if I'd label myself as that or, or not. You know, I'm just, I'm not sure. And he said, dude, you're a witch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think I'm still in the place where those are hard words to say, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are. <laughs> they are, and I and I totally get it. And y- you and I have had conversations over the last couple of years about your process, yeah, and how it's uncomfortable. And I applaud you and respect you for continuing on with that process because it, it it shows a lot of growth. Oh, thanks, man. You know, and it's it's good seeing you becoming fully Craig Mm. you know you don't need the applause or affirmation of your old um, uh, church organizations right or of being a pastor Mm -hmm. you know you and I both know being a pastor is something that we are the title is not important you know, we still, me, I'm, you know, some people call me a Christian shaman, someone, some people call me a shaman and a pastor. I'm all those things, you know, but I don't need the titles. You know, they, they, these, they, at the very best, I think they help uh, identify or express those natural gifts that are within us, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but you know what? We also do find new communities. Yeah. And that's okay. You know? 
Um, if your old community, if, if you've outgrown your old community, great. Mm-hmm. You know, find or create a new one. It's all good. You know, you're not trapped into just the way it's been before. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and I think that, you know, one of the reasons that we're here is to grow and to expand and to help the, the human, um, whatever it is, evolve closer to love and, and closer to divinity. And I don't think that you do that. You know, certainly we have, we're not talking about emotion. We have all kinds of emotions. We have all kinds of inspirations. You know, I, you, I remember as a kid watching Rocky, you know, the movie, and mm-hmm. then I wanted to be a, a boxer, right? But, <laughs> but that was just emotion. That was just momentary inspiration. But then there's the deeper part of you that continues to present itself. And I think if you don't, as you said, fully become that, um, you're probably not really living out, I, I hate to use the word purpose because I think it's been abused, but you're not living out the fullness of what you were intended to be, maybe. Does that resonate? I, I, I get you. Um, I, I totally get that coming from our background, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, honestly, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be or do anything but you. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's there. It, it seems we go through a a uh, a path. We climb a ladder of of letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, purpose, oh, I want to live my purpose, you know, that type of thing was deeply ingrained within us. Yeah. Uh, But if you want to go, and if you want to use those words, then you can go back to, I believe it was the Westminster Catechism, said the chief end of man is to glorify God. And and, and I'm probably miss miss, uh, quoting this. But to enjoy him. Wow. So how I would now it be, you know, what is your purpose? Enjoy life. Enjoy yourself. Be who you are. Grow. Take a break. Take a different path. None of that matters because you are the beloved. You know, back in the day in our church, uh, I'm sure our former pastor <laughs> he would uh, not like how far I've taken this, but he gave us an assignment to read a book, Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. And it was, at that time, it was critical um, for us, and that's that's part of my journey, to know that, you know, I am loved, you know, and, and, and to, to move into the direction of being accepted. And... I take it so much further than the book ever intended or that he intended, but it's expansive and life-giving. You know, the purpose of you, Craig, the purpose of me is just being us. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. So let me ask you this, though. With with the all, and, and I think you'll know what I'm saying here, you know, 
as we go through life, particularly when we're younger, and by younger I mean um, anywhere from maybe eight or nine all the way up till to 20 something, depending on your inner independence, um, we are constantly superimposed with the ideas of those around us. Um, it, it's, it's probably not completely accurate to call them layers, but they do kind of become belief systems, ideas, thoughts, even about our own self, who we are, right? You're, you're, you peers, whoever they may be, good, bad, indifferent, you know, you're, you're not smart or you're not athletic or, you know, you're never going to be whatever. And there's all these layers that, that we accumulate. And then at some point in time, um, as we're continually being called back to the divine, uh, you have to start to lay some of those layers down. What is in your mind, what is the the process of dealing and identifying those superimpositions or those layers? Great question. Uh, and I think we're always in the process of doing it. Yes. Um, now, instead of, not instead of, not replacing, but how I'm hearing, when you're saying layers, I'm hearing expectations. Okay. Um. So, yes, so many expectations are laid upon us um, from from uh, childhood up. Now, we can look at those. You know, some some expectations I think are valid. You know, don't don't drink while you're driving, Craig. Mm-hmm. Or drive after you're drinking. Your dad might have told you. Um, yeah, some of them are great, but others are impositions onto us. So I think it's good to to literally sit down with an expectation or layer and examine it and and ask ourselves, is this life-giving? Does this free me? Does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't, guess what? We can put it aside. Mm-hmm. You know, we can... It, I think as autonomous individuals, uh, we it would be best for us to learn. I don't like using the word should, <laughs> um, but I think it'd be wonderful for us to learn that process of sitting. And again, it's just like fear. It's sitting with it, listening to it, feeling it, examining it. And then deciding, is this healthy for me? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, put it to the side and recreate recreate something else. You know, what brings me joy? What expectation can I put upon myself that brings me joy or that brings me life? Yeah. You know, all, you know what this all goes back to? And you and I always go back to the scriptures. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm. What is repent? Yeah, turn around. Very basic understanding. It's to rethink. Yep. And so we're so that that call of John the Baptist, that call of Jesus to repent 
I think that's a healthy call for us because even today we're called to rethink. Mm-hmm. And after we rethink it, that little process, we can recreate. Mm-hmm. Because the king, you know, goes back to the king, whatever you want to say, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, the beloved community, it's within us. And we get, it's like it's that treasure we get to search for and enjoy and grow. Mm. Yeah. I, I, so in your practice, I guess, as a, as a shaman, um, mm-hmm. that practice alone has helped you really discover and connect more deeply with your own self. Yes. Yes. With my, you know, the, yeah, it's a fully embodied practice. So, yeah, you know, part of me is my soul, my spirit. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to give a big, long answer, but the answer is yes. <laughs> well, you know, I think that there's value to, to, to that because you have to be honest with yourself. Now, now, some of your belief systems are incorrect and and you have to be honest with those. But, you know, yeah. I know for me, like the big thing that that brought division between myself and those and those friends uh, of the past was when I finally said, look, I, I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that anybody goes to hell. And um, that, that upset a lot of people. But the truth is, I had a conversation with myself, you know, self. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the reality is, I, I, I said, you know what? I never believed in this shit. I never, never did. Even when I taught it. And... Um, <laughs> I just got to be honest with it. I, I don't believe it. And then that that gives you, I think, once you, once you become honest, it gives you more opportunities to say, you know, I find solace in nature, in the moon. I, I do believe that there's a, uh, I think it was Scott Cunningham who, who said, magic is nothing more than the energy of nature and its flow, yeah. you know, uh, which Scott Cunningham was Wiccan, but, but I, I think that, you know, I, I, I agree. There's a flow, there's an energy to nature and to deny that because you're afraid you're going to go to hell. I, uh, yeah. When I begin to dive into the longings of my soul, I really think that's where God always wanted me to be. Not an easy process, uh... but no, no, because, you know, we're, we're it, so often it feels so much of our practice is bringing us to a place of awareness, and that awareness is showing us so much of that debris that just doesn't belong here, and us, you know, taking that, giving it back to the earth, the spirit, recycling it, so a lot of our practice is, <clears throat> is that removal, yeah. So, and when, and when we do get rid of it, that just frees up more, more of us to experience this free flow of energy. Yeah, the the, the natural innate um, energy that is that really I think uh, 
and, and some people are going to be freaked out a little bit by this maybe, but <laughs> I, I think that natural energy does want to connect with us. Yes, because we are, see, we are connected already. And I know we use, I, and I know I do at least, use the word connecting. The thing is, we are connected. It's just that we don't realize it. You know, mm. we've lost that that understanding. Like, I'm standing here with my hand on this tree. We've always been connected. Yeah. But now I'm getting to enjoy that connection. Hmm. Yeah, my, so my, I, my daughter is, um, she has a lot of hippie in her, right? And uh, she, um, her and a, and a couple of friends this week went to Sedona. Oh, one of my favorite places. Yeah, she just loved it. And uh, didn't do the toury, the touristy, you know, Jeep rides and stuff, but went to the medicine wheel, um, did the path of peace thing. And she said, man, I could stay here forever. Just connecting with the, with the earth energy that, that I think is really healing for us. Um, because we are of the earth. <laughs> We may be seated with Christ in heavenly places, but guess what? We are of the earth. Yeah. Well, so much of our energy is is earth energy, and and I think that you know we deny that for what we think are are more lofty engagements. But um, what's the point of being human if you if you don't be human? Right. Right, and um, unfortunately one of the characteristic outcomes of so much of our former experience and teaching is we literally did become so heavenly minded. We were of no earthly good. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the world is evil. It's all going to burn. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did we hear that phrase? Yeah. It's all going to burn, you know, but no, we, we were born from the dust of this earth mm -hmm. we've always been of this earth and while I do conceive of the book of Revelation as being metaphorical um, when it talks about the new Jerusalem the kingdom of God this beautiful place of light guess what John said it comes to earth mm -hmm. and I saw the new Jerusalem dressed as a bride adorned to her for her husband, you know, coming down to earth. This is our home. Mm. God, God's always been here. You know, someone asked me, am I, am I a Christian universalist? And at that time, uh, or at one time that would have been a stretch uh, now I guess I'd be more of a, a full-on universalist, but I, I believe spirit has always been here. Spirit birthed this material realm. Spirit has spoken and expressed itself through all of creation, through all of every every society, every people group, you know. And th this this is a beautiful home. 
and spirit is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am in complete agreement with that. So, before I let you go, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, for people that are interested in moving in an earth-based direction and, and we're not we're, I like that. yeah we're you know we're not talking about giving up your religion or anything whatever that may be but they wanted more deeply connect with the earth and the energy that's there could you lay out a couple of practices that or or, or even literature or whatever that might be helpful in in beginning that process glad you didn't ask me for a step-by-step (laughs) (laughs) because you know what um coming home is a different process for everybody yeah but there are some things you can do uh actually get outside Mm -hmm. find a place of nature that somehow appeals to you um whether that's like right now i'm I'm walking in a forest with a beautiful creek and all these trees and this beautiful wind. Find a place of nature that you just feel good at and and go there and spend some time. Uh, one of the one of the a simple practice and I will do it right now. Just kick off your shoes or your flip flops in my case stand on the earth mm-hmm. just just stand there in silence and allow yourself to feel again in my case I feel some damp cool muddy earth beneath me and supporting me I feel the breeze gently blowing over me I hear some birds and some leaves. So we call it a meditation. You may call it grounding. But I think a first step is just to get back out to where our home initially was and spend some time there. Mm. You know, mm. you don't, you're not going to, uh, there, there's nothing you have to do. Uh, you know, just start there, get some time, spend some time there. Um, you can find numerous guided meditations to help you meditate. I believe meditation is a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful practice that every, every spiritual discipline or whatever can, um, can benefit from. Mm-hmm. And there, there are so many different types. You know, personally, I, I like grounding meditations. When we say grounding, it's a reconnection. It's a calming of yourself, your body, and your mind. So I, I enjoy that. Um, depending upon the path that you, you um, feel drawn to, and I, I will say, I will say, explore different paths. <laughs> Can't believe I, well, part of me doesn't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> uh, a very old part of me. Uh, explore different paths. Go to a drumming circle. See how you feel. Go to, go to, go to, 
anything, anything that you're that is offered in your area, you might uh, want to go to a metaphysical bookstore uh, wherever you happen to live, something nearby, and talk to them. Get get to know the owners. Ask them what's going on in your community that you might, you know, initially just go to observe. Mm-hmm. You know, just expose yourself to other options of practice. And then if something starts to uh, really interest you or call you, follow that path, you know, step, take a step into it. See, see what it feels like. Mm. Um, now I will tell you this, a uh, little self-promotion. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, coming up, um, I'm working on it now. It'll be released soon. Um, I'm doing an online course called Everyday Shamanism. Oh, that's nice. And so it's it's a it's a six session course, and each session has uh, five weeks of. Uh, instruction and different exercises to do so it is something that um, I'm I'm really happy to offer and at least give you some information whether whether or not shamanism is your thing uh, shamanic practices and earth-based practices uh, I feel can be really beneficial so uh, just you know, follow me, and uh, when it's released, uh, you'll be able to see. Yeah, that's very exciting. Honestly, I think that's very exciting. So, um, in 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 terms of people connecting with you, and you know, connecting with that information, what's the best platform, or what's the best way to stay in touch? <clears throat> I think for me currently. There are at least three, maybe four uh, avenues. Uh, my website is shamannar.com, S-H-A-M-A-N-N-A-R.com. That's kind of like the, the home base for everything. Uh, Instagram, um, I'm posting a bit there. And again, that's shamannar. Um, Facebook is pastornar. I almost changed that, but they wouldn't let me change my name. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the pastor and I'm going to be the shaman. And that's okay. It is. It is. Uh, I think those are the major ways to do it. You can find me on TikTok. That's about, I can't think of any other social media I really use. Uh, But those and uh, the podcast that I'm doing, which is the Amazing Humans Being Show. Uh, you can find that on the website. Uh, that's the home base for it, but also iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm easy to be found, actually. In regards to the six week, uh, or not six week? I'm sorry the the everyday shamanism uh, course. Mm-hmm. Where would people be able to find that? That um, <clears throat> I haven't. Dis- it, the The company that I'm working with is called E. Enlightenment.com. Okay. Uh, they're they're creating the platform for me, uh, but they will if uh, they go to the website and I'll put up. I actually don't have this on my website, but I'll put up a uh, mailing list if they want to hop onto that. 
then they will be the first to know when that goes live. Yeah, I think that's exciting, and I think a lot of people will would benefit from it and be very interested in it. So, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with that. Um, do you mind if I give you a quick rundown of what that course will look like? Yeah, please do. Okay. Actually, let me open up my... I brought my iPod, my iPad to the woods. Love it. <laughs> okay, so the first course is uh, basically a... Uh, introduction into everyday shamanism so it talks about uh gives a a brief overview of shamanism why shamanism uh is applicable today and how we can benefit and archetypes and uh universal shamanic practices then we will uh the next session we will move into journeying shamanic journeying which is one of the core uh, activities of a shaman or anybody practicing shamanism. So in that, uh, I will explain what the journeying process is, talk about uh, shamanic cosmology, and then we'll start taking some journeys to the three worlds of shamanism, which are the upper, lower, and middle worlds. Uh, we'll meet and talk about our, our allies, our spiritual allies, uh, whether those be our spirit animals, our ancestors, um, deities, <laughs> ascended masters, some uncomfortable words for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will we'll move into working with the, uh, the elements of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And I missed one of them, earth maybe. <laughs> and uh, talk about the seven different directions. And then we'll we'll move into how to create sacred space, you know, how to set up altars, how to how to create ceremonies and rituals. And then at the the final presentation, which I'm still working on, is kind of the opus of my work, and that is the medicine wheel. Mm. You know, it'll be bringing all everything together into working with and living within the medicine wheel which is a lifetime experience wow yeah that sounds incredible man i i'll i'll be very excited for that and um we'll have to have a conversation about that uh one of these days as well yeah absolutely yeah i think that's going to be great so well hey man thank you so much for for being on the podcast you're a you're a loved friend and uh an interesting individual so <laughs> i'm Am really I glad you were on craig <laughs> <clears throat> uh I'm, I'm glad you exist craig hostetler i'm oh, glad thanks, we man. we have history me too um, yeah we've, we've we've been through a lot but we're we're going to such greater places. I appreciate everything that I've experienced, even the the hard times and the and the the challenges within life and our formal practices, former practices. It, it's all part of what is, and it's good. It's all good. It is. It is, man. And um, yeah, we're growing, and and uh, I I am happy that you um, are available you know, to be part of that process. And so thank you for that. You're welcome.
So hang on the line for for a few minutes because I want to talk to you after I close this out, okay? All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how to connect with Shaman Nar uh, right after the music. Hey guys, once again, man, thank you so much for hanging me, hanging out with me on the podcast. I hope that you really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I love his empathy, his compassion, uh, his ability to understand um, where people are along the, 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 the spiritual path progress, right? Or the progression and um yeah so i i really hope that you enjoyed the podcast again there were some really cool things i think a shamanism every day or everyday shamanism i think is going to be such an an incredible opportunity to really gain spiritual insight i would encourage you to do that once that's available and i will let you know immediately here on this uh podcast once that becomes available and um, again, you can connect with him at shamannar.com. Um, before I let you go, if you are connected with the Black Sheep Experience on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, thank you so much. If you're not, man, uh, follow you know, like whatever it is that you do and uh, let me know that you're out there. And also... If you dig the podcast, man, please share this on your social media sphere of influence. Whether you know you have a bunch of friends on Facebook or a, a few, whether you have a bunch of followers on Instagram or a few, whatever. If you have a bunch of followers on Twitter or a few, whatever, let them know that the podcast exists. It really means a lot to me. All right, guys. Thank you so much, man, for hanging out. Deeply appreciate it. And I will catch you next week.